Hi, my name is Dr. Christy Lewis, and I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor and holistic nutritionist. I've been in practice for well over a decade and treated thousands of people. Something that keeps me up at night is if people know what to do, then why are they not doing it? If we are all trying to live our best life, then why do we compromise, sabotage, and avoid ourselves from making choices that will ultimately rise us up? A basic truth has been revealed. Behavior modification, as simple as it may seem, is very difficult to implement. Hence the birth of this podcast. In between visits are short and sweet shares where I will answer your questions about how to stay on track, support, inspire, and motivate you on your journey. See you in your struggles, affirm you in your challenge, and reassure you that you are not alone. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back. It's Christy and you are listening to In Between Visit Podcast. I'm a naturopathic doctor and a holistic nutritionist and the reason that I've doing these podcasts is because I really want to support people between their visits. I see these two patterns of care. One is people come in and they're very, very excited. We talk about their health. I come up with a treatment plan. They leave. And typically within seven to 15 days later, they're having a really hard time maintaining the goals that we had set for them. And what I want to do is I want to be able to be here along the way, along that journey, as um, an opportunity for patients to tune in and feel that connection between visits. The other aspect is, um, you know, not everyone has access to naturopathic medicine. So even though you might not be a patient of mine or you may not be able to seek naturopathic care, you can still benefit around all of this uh, important information that I'm sharing with my audience. Really, my practice style is such that I I focus on lifestyle medicine. So what does that actually mean? Um, it really is this idea that uh, how we feel uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, symptoms that we have, even disease, prevention of disease, optimal health is dependent on the choices that we make every single day. And it's not just one choice. You know, it's not just, did we eat enough kale? Um, Or did we, um, you know, did we drink enough water? It's not based on, did I get enough sleep? Or am I running or doing enough cardio? And it really is that all aspects of lifestyle, sleep, stress, nutrition, movement, elimination mindset and the choices that we are making around all of these will impact our health that equal uh, credit or equal effort should be given to each one and so often what I see in practice is people focusing on one or two and wondering why they're not hitting their goals wondering why it's so difficult when the reality is is that they have to take the lens out and I show them how you can be you know really um, benefiting in one area when you focus on an area that maybe has been neglected. So a great example of this is nutrition, where people are coming in, you know, perhaps they have body composition or weight management goals, and they're really, really focused on, you know, making sure they're getting the appropriate macronutrients or avoiding things like carbs or gluten. These things are important when they're not hitting their goals. Instead of looking at other aspects of their health, they think they just have to do better. And it's not a 
about doing better. It's about looking at yourself in all areas. So in this example, potentially looking at, do we need to do some support around elimination, detoxification, liver support, or perhaps your relationship with food? You know, how is your mindset, your belief systems around food? So really this is an opportunity for me to share with you the information, the supports, the patterns that I see, my years of education and experience as it relates to lifestyle medicine, sleep, stress, nutrition, movement, elimination, and mindset with the ultimate goal of keeping you directed, supported, and impacting your journey, not just today, tomorrow, but as a lifelong process. So if you've been um, focusing or you have been you know, with me for any of these um, first two podcasts, this is my third podcast um, ever, um, I have uh, decided to really start the conversation around sleep. So the lifestyle medicine component sleep. And it's interesting, I do want to share with you, you know, given that this is only my third podcast, you know, I've been saying to my husband, I'm not sure about this. And it's really hard for me to hit publish. So I will, you know, spend the time and think about the topic and, you know, really, um, you know, get grounded, centered, and start talking you know right now I'm sitting in my home office just me and my phone and my you know high quality headphones and I am talking and there is this vulnerability feeling that's coming up around you know is this important how will this be received how many times did I say um did I mess up that um concept that I was trying to share and I was telling my husband this and he's like why don't you just like share that with your audience you know I think it would really help them understand where you're at and create that idea that we're all vulnerable with no no matter what area we're trying to grow and evolve um within our life so those to those three four people who are listening thank you for your support and just know that we are on this journey together. So with that being said, let's continue our conversation about sleep. Today, I'm going to be focusing on the two contrasts I believe um, to be happening with sleep. So there is the one side of the coin, which is people who think they're getting awesome sleep. Um, They think they're not having any sleep issues. Perhaps they've just tuned in because they're a patient, but they're like, yeah, this sleep thing doesn't actually have anything to do with me and then the flip side of that the other side of that coin is people who clearly aren't getting good sleeps they're in a season of their life potentially a new mom or shift work um you know a a student who's you know spending hours studying for an exam so they know they're not getting great sleep and um how do they support their bodies when sleep is just not accessible to them so whatever side of the coin or whether you're somewhere in the middle um i think there'll be some good some juicy stuff in here for you so I'm going to start with a a statement um, and it's um, passing out is not restorative sleep. So I'm going to ask a few questions and perhaps you'll be able to say yes or no in in your mind. Uh, Are you one of those people who crash as soon as your head hits the pillow? Do you sleep eight hours yet wake up every morning absolutely exhausted? You know, if someone asked you, you know, how is your sleep? Would you report back with like confidence? Oh no, I don't, I don't have sleep issues. And you know, this one I, uh, for me is, you know, really um, makes me giggle because it uh, certainly has come up at different points in my life is your first thought that I thought of the day, um, as soon as you open your eyes, when can I go back to bed? <laughs> when can I actually get back into bed? So the reality is, is that many of us would answer yes to one or perhaps all of these. So you're not alone. And yet you might feel like, 
you have no sleep issues, that these questions actually have nothing to do with sleep. When the reality is, is that, you know, just because you're passing out from absolute exhaustion does not mean you're getting restorative sleep. Your quality of sleep may be compromised um, and you might not know it, you know, because it doesn't take you eight hours to fall asleep or you don't find yourself wide awake at 3 a.m. every morning. So, you know, this really isn't an area of concern for you. You know, poor sleep has been normalized or the quality of your sleep has not been normalized because the presentation is not, you know, that typical patterns of insomnia. And the truth is um, that your body actually requires a little bit of energy for quality of sleep. And if you're passing out from sheer exhaustion, then you've actually not made the necessary transition. So there's a transition that is required to actually have a quality restorative sleep. So many of us spend a large majority of our day in kind of that fight or flight. It's um, what we call um, the sympathetic response. And it's normal. I mean, that's what's happening in North American society. I spend a ton of my day in that fight or flight reaction um, because we're busy. You know, there's a certain pace that is required to do all the things that we want and need to do in our lives. Um, and the reality is many of us carry that right through until it's time to go to sleep. So we go to bed and I'll crash, but it's actually crashing from sheer, uh, from sheer exhaustion versus, um, you know, sort of that leaning into or transitioning into what I would say is more of a yin state. So we spend the day in a yang mode, which is that kind of type A busy doing mode, and we haven't actually transitioned into the necessary yin. And that, my friends, will absolutely impact your sleep quality because we need to move from this high energy reactive state into a restorative state before. So that's the key word here, before we fall asleep. Most of us think that our body will just do this. You know, after all, isn't the act of sleeping pretty much the most relaxed we can get? And I'm going to answer with a big fat no, um, that you can actually be in bed asleep, still restless, and actually reactive even though you have no idea. So you're missing out on all the necessarily health benefits um, and you really don't even realize it. So what am I going to do about this? I mean, certainly as a practitioner, this is where I end up doing a lot of hand-waving and cheerleading and sometimes a a little bit of tough love um, because I really want patients to understand, I want you to understand that an active transition is a necessary component for quality sleep. We actually have to be part of that process. So, you know, if the idea of a short meditation or lavender essential oil bath is the last thing you'd want to do, you know, it's it's like having to understand that sitting in front of the TV or falling asleep to um, the Friends episode will actually um, you'll actually pay for that. You'll pay for that in the in sort of the form of of crappy sleep, quite honestly. And so much like we rock or sing or soothe our young children, we need to do this for ourselves. So it doesn't mean we don't, you know, watch Friends or, you know, um, enjoy, uh, enjoy some, um, you know, time to do, you know, whatever, whatever we want to kind of numb out. It's just that we do have to commit to that kind of three to five minutes. And the great thing is that it really is just three to five minutes. So much like we would, you know, really help our children, we, 
we don't need to do the five stories, three songs, 15 minutes for ourselves. Um, that's my bedtime routine for my six-year-old daughter. Um, but it is something that we need to kind of start to think about um, efforting into our own, um, our own health. And it's one of those huge return of investments. So I'm all about when I'm looking at lifestyle medicine and supporting people, you know, thinking about the choices that we can make each day. My my mantra is the biggest bang for your buck. So what's the least you need to do to get the biggest return on investment? And friends, this is one of them. Three to five minutes, whether it be deep breathing, maybe a warm shower, progressive meditation, um, you know, something that's going to shift your body from do to be state um, is absolutely worth that return on investment. So when you wake up in the morning after that eight hours of sleep, you're actually feeling rested, restored, and ready to take on the day. So that's one side of the coin. So that's those, you know, so those people out there who are maybe like, hmm, maybe I'm not getting as great sleep as I thought, or hmm, maybe there are things I could be doing to support myself to kind of maximize um, that time, uh, that sleep quality. This is the other side of the coin. This is when you can't get the sleep. Um, I'm going to really focus on moms here. It's sort of the obvious one, but you could fill in the blank for new pet, um, shift work, certainly, you know, studying for a big exam. These are the times in our lives where we cannot access sleep. So you're not lost on me, you know, new mom with three children under the age of six. I get it. I get that that quality of sleep is not going to be something you have access to. And quite frankly, you're not really who I'm talking to with regards to this audience, but I do want to make mention around what you could do to support your body. Um, given that I've really highlighted the importance of sleep, I don't want to leave you behind feeling like you're just missing out and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, your nights have turned into days and your days into nights you're absolutely in your the trenches I mean these little people they're our blessing not our burdens and it's a shitload of work that really impacts your body and you know one child's finally fallen asleep the other's woken up from a nightmare you're exhausted you're overwhelmed you're doing your best and you're not feeling fantastic and you know why you're not feeling fantastic is because you're not supposed to this is a beautiful and challenging season of your life and it's really about damage control at this phase it's often what i say to patients and i say it with so much love and compassion because we want you to stay empowered the idea is not that you're going to you know feel your best but they're actually trying to minimize the cost to the body um, due to all those missed hours of restorative sleep. So that when you rest, um, you know, you can really start to support yourself. And I'm not talking about the nap. I mean, that may work for you and God bless you, um, you know, you, you uh, people out there who, who really can benefit from the nap. But for me, it didn't work. And so it actually used to kind of piss me off when people would tell me to nap with my daughter was sleeping. You know, really? I never really thought about how that might help me nap to help my exhaustion. Um, that's always sarcasm. <laughs> but the reality is, is that my nervous system and tendencies just didn't, they just don't work like that. And believe me, I tried. My daughter would be napping beside me and I turn on the white noise, shut the button out curtains begin to try to deep breathe and the whole time I'd just be waiting for my daughter to wake me up or you know my mind would be spinning my nervous system was just not one to just let go like that and even on those rare occasions when I was able to often my daughter would then wake me up just as as I, I was about to drift off and for me that was just 
torturous, you know, that almost asleep only to be woken up again. So the trying to nap when my daughter slept just ended up causing me more stress than support. So, you know, to my sleep deprived, deprived, exhausted, you know, audience, um, and whatever the reasons why that's happening for you, I'm not actually, you know, asking you to nap or to, you know, try to catch up. What I'm asking you to do is to create a space to rest. And resting doesn't mean sitting in front of the TV watching, I don't know, back-to-back episodes of Grey's Anatomy. What I'm suggesting looks more like, you know, lying on the floor, hands on the belly, taking 10 breaths maybe a cup of tea, calling a friend, a warm bath. And much like we were talking about earlier in that transition to fall asleep for those people who perhaps are not sleeping as well as they thought they were, these rest episodes, we'll call them, for for people who can't sleep are really intended to be short. You know, so much of what we're talking about here, um, you don't have access to. So it's not about um, expecting yourself to do or setting yourself up for a failure. It's about leaning into what can I do to support myself given that I am in a sleep deprived mode and there's going to be a cost to my body in this. So five, 10, 15 minutes sessions, maybe three times a day can go a very long way in ensuring um, that, you know, there's as minimal cost to your body and that you can basically restore, um, you know, even though you are in this kind of more challenging phase of your life. So those are the two uh, things I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to share with you the two uh, ends, uh, the two sides of the coin when it comes to sleep. And a lot of what I talked about today is available on my blog. Um, so if you go to drchristylewis.ca, you will find all the information I've shared today there. And what we're going to be chatting about next time is... I'm going to still be focusing on sleep. I've got a little bit more for you around sleep before we move on to the lifestyle medicine component stress management. And I'm going to be getting a little personal. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the sleep setup in my home and also a little bit around sex and how sex can, um, how sex relates to sleep. So you might be a little bit surprised um, to hear what I have to say about that. So I do hope you'll join me uh, for my next in-between visit blog. And uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening and um, yeah, go, uh, go enjoy the day. Thanks. Bye.